episode 27 of the Chewy On Your Boot podcast, and we have a very special episode for you today. We're really excited about this one. Former Australian cricketer, took 212 wickets in 53 tests, and is an icon of Australian cricket, Merv Hughes. Merv, welcome to the show. Ben, thank you very much, Riley. How are you? How you going, well? Yeah, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for your time. So we'll get into it. You grew up in you grew up in Melbourne. When when and where did you first discover a passion for cricket? Um, I was born in Yarrawa, actually, so northeast Victoria. Oh, um, dad was dad was a school teacher, so we moved around a little bit. Yeah. Um. So we had a couple of years at Yarrawa, the Polar Bay for a couple of years, um, back up to the Yarrawa area. So, um, we had Bala uh, Town, Batty Guinea, so a small town just out of Benalla. Uh, into Werribee, um, but always played cricket. Dad always played cricket, um, so I always played um, a lot of cricket, a lot of footy, so I was in rules, bit of basketball, bit of tennis, um, but just cricket sort of came to the surface when I was about 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned footy was also a major part of your childhood. Was there ever a time where you thought you might take down the AFL or VFL path? Uh, well, VFL in my days, I'm a bit older than you boys, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, zoning, not the draft as it is today, so we're going to be tied to a club. Um, got invited down to uh, Geelong. Um, Billy Goggle was coached down there and, and got invited down there to train. Um, trained there for three or four nights. And then um, basically, decision was made for me. Um, I got selected into the Victorian team. Um, around that time, and just headed down the Victorian of uh, the cricket track, and and didn't didn't get another call from Geelong. So that was October, November. I was training with Geelong, got into the Victorian team, and then didn't didn't hear anything from Geelong after that. Yeah, okay. Um, in the 1981-82 cricket season, you made your first class debut for Victoria against South Australia. What are your memories of that game and what was it like playing at that level in that time? How different was it um, compared to how it would be today? Yeah, no, it was interesting. I mean, a, um, a young bloke uh, playing um, first-class cricket, you, you play club cricket, you, you get through the ranks. And I hadn't played any underage cricket at all um, for, for the state. So um, no 17s, no 19s. I got picked in the under-21s under one year. I played in, I think it was under-23 Colts. But um, missed the 17s and the, the 19s. So to get picked to Victoria was a, a huge thrill. My first game was a one day against South Australia in Adelaide. And that was exciting. And then to follow that up with, as you said, first class debut down at Cadinia Park in Geelong. Yeah. Um, went down there and, and she was pretty tough going, to, to be honest. Um, South Australia had a, had a pretty, pretty good team and um, they, they got a few runs against us. Yeah. Uh, from there you went on to make it. Test debut for Australia against India in 1985. What sticks out in your mind about the lead up to that moment once you knew that you were playing and how special the time was it for you? Um, yeah, it was a special time. So we, we played India. So I did want to say we, Victoria, played India at the MCG. Um, I got told on the Sunday uh, that I'd be playing in the test match that started the following Friday from memory. Um, so we played out the Shield match that finished on the Monday. Had to pick up my gear from, from Cricket Australia on Monday night. Um, so after the game, finished at the MCG across the road to 
um, quick Australia offices and, and picked up a box of goodies. So your track suits, your playing shirts, your training gear, and the, the baggy green was on top of the, the box. Um, so yeah. put that put that on my head and drove 45 minutes to Werribee. Pretty happy with that, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a very special time. You took an unusual... Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I was going to say, it was a very special time. Just, I suppose uh, the dream of any kid is to play test cricket and um, if, any, if anyone's fair thinking about what they do, they want to do it at the highest level. So to get um, picked at the highest level in your chosen sport was a huge thrill. Yeah, definitely. You took an unusual hat trick in 1988-89 at the Wacker. Talk us through that one. Um, yeah, well, a lot of people ask me, were you nervous being on a hat trick? And... Like I say to people, I didn't know I was on a hat-trick. Now, a hat-trick is three wickets in three balls, and people look at you and say, how didn't you know? But um, it was an interesting set-up. So the West Indies won the toss and batted um, and got a, got a pretty good score, about 450 from memory. And I, I actually got um, two of the last three wickets to fall. So last ball, one over got a wicket. Tim May in the next over got a wicket. And then I got a wicket with my first ball the next day, and that was a change of innings. So the, the two wickets and two balls sort of got lost because Tim May had taken a wicket in between. And then a day and a half later, after Graham Wood got 126 and Steve Wall got a 94, uh, Jeff Lawson was, was hit in the head and retired her. I was batting number 11, and Alan Border declared. And we went out with five overs to bowl and um, picked up Gordon Granite's first ball. Um, so I, I didn't realise I was on a hat-trick until Steve Moore told me virtually a couple of overs later. <laughs> so you didn't get a chance to celebrate it? Oh, we celebrated it. Uh, <laughs> no way. So Jeff Lawson, as I said, had just been hit in the jaw by Kirby Ambrose. Alan Border declared, I think the West Indies from memory were maybe 50-60 runs in front. So this is the end of the third day. Um, we're thinking we pick up a couple of wickets that we might be a chance and uh, picked up Gordon Greenwich, and if you want to see the biggest send I've ever given in Test cricket, have a look at the uh, YouTube clip of that. Um, massive send off, um, and just uh, pumped full of adrenaline. Um, yeah. Just uh, the situation of the game. Jeff Lawson having been hit by one of the West Indian bowlers may have gone a little bit over the top. Um, I, I must admit, but it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. <laughs> now we've we've all been there. <laughs> That's good. Um, do you have a favourite game or particular memory from your career? Um, well, while well, my first test match wasn't all that successful, your first test match is always um, always a, a huge memory. Um, and then probably from there to, to the '89 Ashes series uh, yeah. to go over to to go over to England um, in '89, described as the worst team ever selected to represent Australia and, and to win that. Um, 4 0 uh, to be part of that uh, was good, but probably from 85 to 89, just the, the improvement in the side. We, we had a fairly young side. We lost a lot of players in 85 to the Rebel Tour to South Africa. Um, so, you know, there was a, a bit going on that time. And in 89, we got Trevor Haynes, Terry Alderman, and Carl Rackman back for the, the squad. And that just put a little bit of icing on the cake that was baked by Alan Border. Um, Bob Simpson, who was coach, and Laurie Sewell, who was chairman of selectors, to get those three players back um, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You're well known for your handlebar moustache and interaction with the crowd. Did these on-field antics, I suppose you could say, did they come naturally to you or did you develop these as your career went on? 
Very good mindset to have. Oh, yeah, uh, pretty, you're yeah, pretty happy with it. So, mate, just a just a fairly simplistic bloke, me. Uh, just very basic. Um, understand your role in the team. Uh, do your best every time you step on the ground. Um, have a go. And Alan Board was a fantastic captain, and just the upbringing I had with uh, my dad in particular, but uh, mum was a sporty woman too. Um, she was fantastic, and then just um, some of the, the leaders that I played in. Um, just in, in junior cricket, the senior cricket that I played around the traps, um, just stood in good stead for, for what was to come. Yeah. Uh, you have a ground named after you in Footscray. How does it feel to be honoured in such a way? Uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a huge thrill, uh, to be honest. I suppose um, you, you don't while, while you're playing, you don't really think about too much. You're just worrying about the next game. I, I think if you're if you look back and you're pretty happy and satisfied with what you've done, you're not going to achieve too much more. Um, so towards the end of my playing days at Footscray, we shifted from the Witten Oval, um, was the Western Oval now, the Witten Oval, uh, down to, to Parkside. And we had, uh, they just um, named the ground after me, so massive on it. Um, I played all my club cricket at, at um, Footscray since getting there in 1978. So I went from where sub-district to to um, Footscray at, at district level or premier level it is now. Um, played all my cricket there and really couldn't have seen myself playing anywhere else. And um, for for the club to bestow that on on me was mate, it was a huge thrill. Um, to be honest, uh, every time I try pass the ground now, um, chest puffs out a little bit. Pretty, pretty stoked with it. It's <laughs> very good. Post career, you've been involved in in a couple of acting stints as well as featuring in the popular TV show "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." What brought about these opportunities? Oh, just fell in your lap, I suppose. Um, yeah, so the, the Fat Pizza um, movie—if you haven't seen that—I probably wouldn't rush out to get it to be honest. <laughs> but um, played, played a bit of a role in that. Um, had a bit of a go on Flying Doctors, which is now the front. I think that picked up about forty years ago. Um, so yeah, just those little things that come along with with being um, an Australian cricketer um, yep. and being being a, um, I suppose a high 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 profile sports person uh, was was a lot of fun. But uh, with the fishing show, I ran into a, a bloke by the name of Jason Kennedy who had um, fishing trip was his show uh, on rural TV and. Um, I went fishing with him a couple of times and it was up in Horsham. Um, we went into to Horsham to have tea one night and uh, we're at a pub and a few people made a bit of a, a scene about uh, me being there and he, he sort of mind started ticking over and he came to me and said, what about doing a fishing show? I said, mate, I love my fishing, but I, to be honest, I'm no expert. I don't know enough about it. So, And he just said, no, no, what, what we want to do is encourage people to, to go fishing. Um, so hopefully that's what we do with the show. It's not about catching the biggest and the best. It's about just getting out and having a go and spending a bit of time with your mates. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and again, like I said, it just, just fell into my lap, really. Yeah. Oh, very good. 
And you've also been taking Australian tour groups to the Ashes in England in recent years. How much do you enjoy following the national cricket team around and engaging with like-minded supporters? Uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And when you say the last couple of years, um, the first one was in 2001, so it's, it's been about 20 <laughs> years now. So um, it's, gone, it's gone very quickly um, through Australian sports tours. So if anyone's listening and, and wants to come across on a, on a trip, uh, we're still doing them. Um, so obviously the English ones are the big ones, but wherever the um, Australian team play, what we do, we float a tour. If we get enough people, we go. So yeah. you know, to, to tour South Africa and go out to the game parks is a, a lot of fun. Uh, we've been to New Zealand before, the trout fishing in New Zealand, and I'd, I'd imagine uh, you two guys at your age, um, up where you're living, would do a little bit of trout fishing. Uh, the, the trout fishing over in New Zealand is, is fantastic, and to have the opportunity to get over there, to go to the West Indies, um, and you combine the two. So we go over to the West Indies and, and their islands, their volcanic islands. So um, if we get a break at all, we go fishing. We go to South Africa. If we get an opportunity, we go fishing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it does, I suppose, combine my two loves. So you get the opportunity to watch the Australian cricket team and uh, still loving the, the way that they play the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had a hiccup with the ball tampering a a couple of years ago, but certainly the Australian team and, and the three players in particular have redeemed themselves. Yeah. Um, and to watch this young crop of bowlers come through, so to watch uh, Pat Cummins emerge as a, as a superstar, to watch Mitch Stark do what he does, Hazelwood, Pattinson, Peter Siddle coming towards him, or well, retired now, but coming towards the end of his first class career, they've, they've been absolutely fantastic. So uh, when, when someone says, do you want to host a tour, to go over and watch... The crop of young bowlers we've got coming through doesn't take too much convincing. Yeah. Have you got a favourite series that you've been, tour that you've been on? Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose every every Ashes tour yeah. um, we've been on has, has been fantastic. We haven't had too much um, success um, up till this, or up till last year in the UK, but I thought the Australian team's performance last year was, was pretty good. When you've got 50-50 teams... And, and the teams were um, at that with Smith and Warner coming back. Probably the blessing in disguise for the Australians was Jimmy Anderson getting injured yeah. and, and not playing a lot. That that certainly would have helped their cause. But um, probably the the game, and I can't remember what year it is, but um, it was Pat Cummins' debut um, oh, yeah. in, in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, that tour over there, I think Australia went over um, and they were... They were a little bit undermanned. Uh, they weren't expected to win and, and had a, a fantastic win. And um, I think the third test from memory was in Joburg when, when Pat made his debut and got the wickets and, and hit the winning run. So um, to be able to see see things like that um, is fantastic. And there was a, another series where Ryan Harris did well yeah. um, and picked up wickets on the last day to have an exciting win over South Africa. So well, I reckon any time... Uh, there's only one thing better than beating South Africa. Obviously, that's beating England. Yeah. So, anytime you beat South Africa or England, you're pretty yeah. happy. Were you there on the last day at Headingley last year? I, I was. Yeah. I was. And um, while, while you lose a game like that to be there, yeah. um, the memory of Ben Stokes, I mean, that, that was fantastic. And it would have been like Ian Botham of, of that um, 81 series, of the famous game at the same venue. Yeah. Um, but uh, to be there to watch that, and you knew what was going to happen when when England lost their ninth wicket. 
Uh, you knew Ben Stokes had to get a majority of the runs, and you know he did well. And the bloke at the other end did a great job holding up. And with that, though, the Australians had their chances. We got yeah. the, a couple of um, half chances, missed a few runouts. Yeah. Um, so at that level, you, you've got to take those up more. At any level, you've got to take your opportunities, but especially at that level with, against such a, a good player like Ben Stokes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's about all we've got for you, Merv. Thank you very much for coming on the show, giving us your time. No worries, guys. Enjoy it. You're doing a good job. So thanks for having us on and, and good luck with your podcast going forward. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you. Man. Cheers, guys. Just following on from this episode, I'd like to give a big thank you to Lockie Patterson. He's helped us out a lot, and, yeah, he's done it again. Thank you very much, Wombat.